0: Welcome to Citizens Climate Lobby's July National Meeting. And a special welcome to all of you who are joining our national monthly meeting for the first time. I'm Madeline Perra, and I'm your host today. You know, we meet each month on the second Saturday so that we can focus our actions and work as a nationwide team. And we also meet to learn and broaden our perspective. And we do that uh, by all the things we hear about, but especially by hearing from people outside our organization. We want to continually increase our effectiveness and our numbers. And then, of course, most importantly, we're here to remember that we aren't alone in our climate advocacy. So our speaker today will be of special interest for all of those who focus on state climate policies alongside of CCL's core national policies, and also for those of you who want to learn more about how to build support for carbon pricing within environmental justice communities. After Saria Ben is done, I'll share some June conference highlights and go over the suggested actions for the month. So I was blown away when I heard Saria Venn talk about the legislation that she and a growing coalition are working on in the state of Maryland. I had no idea that environmental justice advocates in Maryland were putting their talents and energy behind finding a way to move forward on a fee with carbon, uh, with a fee on carbon, which they call a fossil fuel fee. Uh, and to do that in a way that meets the needs of vulnerable and neglected communities. So, of course, I immediately reached out to her and asked her to come and talk with us about the policy and about the messaging that she's been part of developing. Saria Venn is an incredible advocate. She serves as executive director of the Policy Foundation of Maryland, and with extensive experience and expertise in policy development, Surya is a prominent environmentalist in the state, contributing to the drafting and advising of local, state, and national policies in multiple realms. Surya has been an active member of various legislative coalitions, including Rebuild Maryland, which she joined uh, forces, through which she joined forces with other prominent environmentalists to advocate for landmark climate legislation, including the Climate Crisis and Environmental Justice Act, which you'll hear about. I could say a lot more about her and the other work she does uh, because I thoroughly enjoyed meeting her the other day and uncovering that she's also a musician, but
1: I'm gonna stop here and turn it over to you, Sariah. Welcome. Hi, everybody. My name is Sariah Ben, And so I'm really really excited to be here. Thank you, Madeline, for inviting me. Um, I I just, honestly, I'm overwhelmed. And so I'd like to start my presentation because it is kind of lengthy, so. Um, So I want to just firstly just talk about the significant significance of environmental justice pricing on carbon, a distinctive approach. I'll give you a brief introduction. In the pursuit of mitigating climate change and promoting sustainable practices, the implementation of effective carbon pricing mechanisms has gained considerable attention. Among these, the concept of the environmental justice price on carbon has emerged as a crucial consideration. I will attempt to elucidate the importance of environmental justice pricing on carbon and highlight its key distinctions from carbon pricing, other carbon pricing bills, excuse me. Economists support carbon pricing for its ability to incentivize emission reductions in both the short and long term. However, we as a general community advocate for a middle path that acknowledges the criticisms of carbon pricing while recognizing its importance. Our stance is based on the principle that the gifts of nature should be shared equally by all, including the right to clean environment, fair distribution of revenue generated from limiting resource use. To address environmental injustice, it is crucial to acknowledge the extent of the problem and to recognize the role of government policies and market forces in perpetuating disparities. Solutions must rectify systemic failures in both the market and the state environmental justice and climate stabilization are interconnected goals. As climate change worsens, environmental injustice increase. Therefore, climate policies should explicitly incorporate environmental justice provisions to ensure existing disparities are not exacerbated. By designing well-crafted policies, we can work towards the ambitious goal of reducing environmental inequities. So uh, I would like you to go to the next slide. And in going to the next slide, you're gonna see a general overview. Back one, please. Thank you. You're gonna see a general overview of what environmental justice is, a general definition. Impact communities are represented at the decision-making process. Why is that important? We're talking about low income, we're talking about black, brown, all marginalized communities included in that representation. The process and planning are all there to participate. The distribution of all the environmental benefits impacts are distributed equitably so now we come to the definition of what environmental justice is uh, so important on carbon refers to a policy framework that integrates environmental and social equity considerations into carbon pricing mechanisms It seeks to rectify historical and disproportionate burdens borne by marginalized communities, ensuring a fair and equitable transition towards a low-carbon future. Um, I'll go on, but I'll just tell you, I live directly in a marginalized community, uh, a veteran community. Uh, A large amount of veterans live in my community, and we're wholly marginalized um, there's low income, there's different disparities. And so this is part of the reason why I fight for environmental injustice. So here are some core objectives um, that you need uh, to address in environmental justice, carbon pricing. Addressing the disparate impacts of climate change on vulnerable populations, ensuring equitable distribution of the, both the cost and benefits associated with carbon pricing policies. That is something that's completely different with other carbon pricing bills. They don't ever equitably necessarily address both the costs and benefits. And promoting community engagement, inclusion, and participation at the decision-making process. Excuse me. The importance of environmental justice pricing on carbon, reducing inequities by accounting for the different differential impacts of carbon pricing or marginalized communities an environmental justice price on carbon can help alleviate historical environmental and social injustices and it can serve as a means to rectify systemic disparities and foster more equitable outcomes and it can direct toward revenue needed revenue towards affected communities and it supports their ability to adapt and respond to the challenges posed by climate change this includes an in investing into climate resilience projects improving access to clean and affordable energy, strengthening community infrastructure, which is so important. uh facilitate facilitating sustainable development. clean technologies, job creation, um financial incentives, incentives to transition towards clean technologies, renewable energy sources, reducing reliance on fossil fuels. um Anything you could think of that is in that space. Uh, Sustainable industries, environmental justice pricing on carbon drives, economic growth, while ensuring a just and sustainable future for all. Overall, environmental justice pricing on carbon is a powerful tool for addressing inequities, enhancing social resilience, promoting sustainable development, And it embodies the principles of environmental justice and serves as a vital mechanism for creating a fairer and more sustainable and resilient society. And finally, enhancing social resilience. Um, Environmental justice pricing on carbon recognizes the communities facing higher environmental risk are often the most vulnerable to climate change impacts. By addressing these vulnerabilities, such pricing mechanisms enhance the resilience of a marginalized population, ensuring their well-being in the face of environmental challenges. So we have the distinctions um, from other carbon prices, bills. Very important to understand that um, <clears throat> with an environmental justice carbon pricing bill, you have a targeted approach. Um, the other bills primarily focus on the economic efficiency. Um, where environmental justice pricing on carbon acknowledges and seeks to rectify historical disparities in burden sharing. It prioritizes the needs and concerns of marginalized communities, ensuring a more just and inclusive transition to low-carbon economy. Three-two, community engagement. This is really important. Environmental justice pricing on carbon emphasizes community involvement in the decision-making process, enabling marginalized groups to actively participate in shaping policies. That is one of the things that is really at the foremost front of the CCEJ policy that we're um, trying to push in Maryland. Our community, all marginalized communities are highly represented in this uh, um, coalition. And if it wasn't, I don't think that uh, the bill would have so much of an environmental bend. 3.3, three, comprehensive framework. While other carbon pricing bills may solely concentrate on reducing greenhouse gas emissions, environmental justice pricing on carbon takes a holistic approach. and encompasses not only the redu- reduction of carbon emissions, but the promotion of social equity, environmental justice, and community empowerment. Conclusion, the adoption of environmental justice justice price on carbon represents a significant step towards achieving a fair and sustainable future by addressing historical disparities, empowering marginalized communities, and fostering inclusive decision-making processes. This approach ensures that the benefits and burdens of carbon pricing policies are distributed equitably, and it's just inclusive. You have to have it inclusive. So now, one of the next questions that come to forth, how were the communities most impacted by the climate crisis in Maryland considered in the designing of CCJ policy? And this is something that you could take back to your communities. The communities most impacted by the climate crisis in Maryland were integral to the design and redesign of the climate crisis and environmental justice policy by making this an environmental justice carbon pricing bill as opposed to a just a carbon pricing bill. The majority of the advocates behind the bill come directly from these affected communities, providing crucial insights into the environmental justice prevalent in Maryland. This is a stark contrast to the Maryland Environmental Justice Commission, which has faced criticism for its ineffectiveness in addressing environmental justice issues and its overall lack of impact since its inception. The CCEJ policy incorporates two types of fossil fuel fees, which generates significant revenue, a no pass-through provision, ensuring that polluters bear the responsibility and the most impacted are not impacted because of that no pass-through provision. The revenue generated is allocated to two separate funds. And I think we can, no, not yet. I don't want you to move on yet. Uh, One of them is the benefits fund and the other is the infrastructure fund. The benefits fund, directs 50% of the revenue to low and moderate income households and energy intensive trade exposed businesses, protecting them from financial harm by the transition. And the other is the 50% is the Infrastructure Fund, which invests in projects located within and benefiting environmental justice communities. It's through that active involvement and representation of impacted communities, the Policy Foundation and the members of the Rebuild Maryland Coalition, the CCEJ policy aims to address environmental injustice and create a more equitable and sustainable future for Maryland. So you'll see in this next slide, it shows, uh, even though it's 2018, it shows that the transportation sector is a major contributor to pollution. And specifically in Maryland, diesel trucks and school buses alone account for 50% of the pollution generated. Recognizing the urgency of this issue, the Clean Trucks Act was passed this year to promote a cleaner transportation option. However, this legislation alone may not be sufficient to fully incentivize industries to transition away from fossil fuel trucks and buses. This is where the Climate Crisis and Environmental Justice Act can play a crucial role. By implementing comprehensive measures and promoting sustainable alternatives, this act can effectively help address the climate crisis crisis and environmental justice, injustices, excuse me, associated with transportation, pollution in vulnerable communities. Also, uh, I think it has a building a fee in it as well as as you'll see in our next slides. The roles of impacted communities in designing the CCEJ. Um, the roles of the communities in designing the CCEJ policy was of utmost importance when the rebuild Maryland coalition was formed, It was formed under the core idea of engaging advocates from the marginalized communities and actively involving them in shaping the policy. Recognizing the individuals who directly affected, were affected by environmental injustices have invaluable insights and perspectives that must be heard specifically on a local level. Our coalition has taken significant steps to ensure continuous engagement with these impacted communities. We conducted regular meetings, discussions to refine the policy over the past couple of years, ensuring that it addresses the specific environmental justice needs to Marylanders. And during these meetings and discussions, we have shed light on prevalent environmental injustice in Maryland to craft this policy, such as firsthand accounts in my area in southern Hartford's Perry, Perryman Peninsula, which is one of the most industrialized areas on the East Coast, and it's located in one of the most historic African-American communities in Maryland. We've also discussed the abuses in Prince George's, Brandywine and Baltimore City's areas. It's crucial to understand that and have that meaningful engagement to craft these policies. So let's talk about the components, next slide, of the CCEJ. In context of environmental justice, carbon pricing, a no-pass-through provision refers to a policy of regulation that prevents businesses or entities from transferring the cost of carbon pricing directly to the consumer. The purpose of a no-pass-through provision is to ensure that costs associated with carbon pricing are not fairly borne by a vulnerable or low-income household. It aims to prevent price increase on essential goods and services that could disproportionately impact those who are already economically disadvantaged. So it's so important that we put that in there and so important that it hits them at the beginning. So the whole purpose of this, this policy and what you're gonna learn in your advocacy is to look for policies that you can work to strengthen. Um, the, when we try, first tried to pass this policy, it actually got stopped because of the, the COVID, believe it or not, it uh, stopped at COVID. And then the next year, um, politics took in and sometimes that happens and so the climate solutions now policy went through but the problem is it needs more strength and so this bill the CCEJ is actually a support in the climate solutions now policy by strengthening and helping it move towards its goals and so if you're out there advocating for policies such as a carbon pricing environmental carbon pricing bill look for those policies that it can strengthen that will probably help you better get a carbon pricing environmental justice, carbon pricing bill through, establishing two bills. And so it gets down to the allocation of uh, what the two bills are. Uh, Non-transportation fuel fee it starts at 15 a ton CO2, and it gradually moves on up. Transportation fuel fee, and it does the same thing. And if you look in the next slide, it'll show it actually better in a graph and how it goes up grad- I actually thinks it should be higher, but you know, that's just me. Um, but I think it just shows a great example of how this bill over a period of time can help marginalized communities uh, transition and just overall transition and get revenue into low to moderate income households, um, as well as trade intensive businesses. And then also, as you could see, in the next slide, uh, you'll see where it's really broken down in the environmental justice space, where you see the actual households that are benefiting the blue year and the trade intensive uh, exposed businesses. And then you see right here, the environmental justice projects that could really help transform a community. And then the local climate plans, which um, tell you what's really going on locally. And then you can build resilience right there. So it just tells you right there um, without, built in the policy. Last section, and then I'm going to wrap this up because I do know I'm going a little bit further. Um, Environmental justice outcomes of CCJ. Um, Some of the lessons that we learned was that um, timing is everything. And unfortunately, we could not predict that a a pandemic was going to happen. And literally, literally one weekend was the difference between our bill passing and not passing. It literally was that. The pandemic came in on a week that our bill had an opportunity to pass it. So what we've done is continue community engagement and empower our community to keep pushing the bill and refine it. Understanding local context is so important. If you don't continue to engage locally, you cannot understand the challenges, the priorities that are different in your areas because there are different climate priorities all over your areas, and so you have to tailor a bill that can help address all those areas. Education and awareness um, about the climate crisis and the environmental injustice. Um, Get the community to buy in, as well as the legislature to buy in. uh, Providing educational resources, conducting outreach initiatives uh, can help, specifically because these bills, uh, they tend to be complex and a little bit Um, People, it's unknown, and so people tend to need that awareness, building partnerships and coalitions through diverse stakeholders, uh, environmental justice organizations, community groups, academic institutions, nonprofits, just strengthen your advocacy forming through any kind of way you can. Uh, Don't say no to anybody, that's my suggestion, Uh, identifying and engaging legislative champions, that was one of the things that I did just in general as a person who became a, a, a political advisor. Network, 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 and, and find those legislative champions. Those will be your best advocates for your bills. Building solid evidence base. When you're creating a bill or drafting a bill or helping to push a bill, if you have strong evidence supported by scientific research and data, Make sure you have that, but make sure you message it. You have to message it in a simplistic way that everyone can understand. Um, And once you have that, I believe that most people will buy into it. And just finally, persistence and long-term engagement, don't give up. And so I'm gonna stop there uh, at that point uh, because I think I've went over my 20 minutes, uh, but, uh, any questions at that point, you can ask me, but uh, just in general, the CCEJ, we're definitely going to get it through. I'm going to say this in wrapping. I didn't talk too deep about because I talked more about uh, environmental justice, carbon pricing, but it's important to get through because we do have a lot of climate impacts in Maryland, and we're going to get it through by doing everything I just said we're going to do. We've been doing it over the last couple of years, and I suggest you do the same because it's important, it's a tool. It's not, the, it's, not the, it's not. the, you know, as they say, the grand holy grail to anything. There's no holy grail to anything. Everything is one step to helping us become a better society, a better environment, a better world. And CCAJ, in my yeah. opinion, is the future. Thank you.
0: Oh, this has been so helpful, Saria, thank you. Um, really great overview and really great description of the policy. And you, you alluded just a little bit to messaging. So while Thad figures out like, what's what's the top question in the uh, questions in the q and I just want to ask you if you'd say just a smidgen more about what you figured out. You talked about simplifying the message. What does mm-hmm. that sound like? Like if you're talking to people
1: in the community,
0: what
1: what's your elevator pitch? Oh, whoa, well, a lot of times my elevator pitch is, is, is not very long. Usually, I just tell them is that um, you have asthma it does it run in your family look look at look at our community compared to other communities that are not marginalized why why are we having more health impacts compared to them a lot of times it's just as simple as that um why why is this one row uh uh why is this one street all have cancer and on the other side of our uh, county does not. It's all, it's, a lot of times, it's just about something as simple as that, just showing them the evidence of Very the health personal, that.
0: yeah.
1: Um, why are they building tire paralysis or more warehouses in our area, but they don't build them on that other side. They have nice green walking trails there, and uh, they have parks there, but they don't have them here. Why can't we go outside? None of us go out inside and cook out anymore, why? Is it as if we know that the air isn't breathable? Not because we tell each other, but we just we know it isn't. We feel it. And so it's real, it's real I mean, I don't care if it seems scary from what I'm saying, I'm saying, because if you go out in my community, it's like a ghost town in a lot of areas. And I'm not joking a lot of people do not go outside not because you tell them not to go outside because the air is really just not that breathable and so that's yeah so if it's scary what i'm saying it's just true <laughs> <laughs> that is life it is dad what are you seeing in the q a that
0: you want to pull out yeah i think okay. this,
1: is a, this is a really good question uh it comes up actually a lot in our discussions i know we've been on discussions with this uh, people have some questions about the no pass-through language. Specifically, who, who does end up paying the fee? Uh, policy like such as this, I, I can't hear you. You said it so low. You said oh, no right. pass-through. something uh, Yeah, yeah. So people have a question about the no policy, no pass-through language, and who does end up paying the fee on this in this type of policy in Maryland? The polluter, the polluter pays, and so it's paid at the front yeah. end for the polluter. That's the purpose of it. It's the pay at the beginning. So, no one at the back end is supposed to be able to pay. And so that's the point. And of course, you know, all things are not perfect. We understand that uh, policy is never perfect, it requires enforcement. But the intent of the language, and it's written specifically if we sent out the bill to you, it's written specifically in the drafting of the CCEJ that the polluter pays and that none of the costs are to be borne. On marginalized communities. It's specifically, when I say specifically written in the bill, there's no way you can mistake it. Thank you. Yeah, and people can get more information on the Rebuild
0: Maryland Coalition website mm-hmm. that I, that's been in the chat. So that's that's very. Helpful. Can get that,
1: or and I for can, those of I you who are thinking about,
0: and they can contact you. Fantastic. Thank you. Very cool. Um, We have like just a minute left and you know, you are such an inspiring advocate. Do you have
1: any words of encouragement for the climate advocates on this call? Sure, I I just want you to get out locally because locally will tell you what is going on in the communities, will help you build a constituency, a coalition, which is so important because it's not in the newspapers they're not gonna report what's happening locally. The voices unheard are the people you need to connect with. Those are the people that are gonna help build your coalition, which is gonna help build your your movement to get these policies passed. Is it, and it's gonna take time. You must be patient. If you think this is gonna happen overnight, this is not the business to be in. You have to be patient. You have to be steadfast and you have to be focused and just make sure your policy is clear in everything that you're trying to do. If you're trying to do one thing, make it clear about that one thing and get that thing through and then do the next thing and so on and so forth. And just stay encouraged. I just say stay encouraged because we're going to get this through because we have to. It's it's for our better life. We all deserve a better, cleaner environment, period. Oh, thank you so much. That is
0: those are words we can all take to heart, um, and uh, it's so heartening to know that you and uh, your partners are doing what you're doing in Maryland. We will keep doing what we do around the country, and I look forward to crossing paths some more.
1: Thank so, you,
0: so thank much. you for for this. And you're completely welcome to stay on for the next ten minutes while we talk about uh, those national actions. But I understand if you might have other things to do on Saturday, so. Um, Look forward to to, uh, talking with you more, Saria. Okay, well, let me tell you what else we're going to do. We're going to talk about the National Conference uh, report on that and about our actions. Um, So first of all, I want to turn to the things that you wonderful climate advocates have been doing. And we got to start with the June conference and the energy there. Wow, was it good to be back together and very just energizing to be on the Hill. The numbers tell part of the story, nearly 900 people made it and we had an official delegation from Ghana and uh, 436 lobby meetings were held as part of our lobby day. So that was fantastic. You know, as always, you worked incredibly hard to get ready for those lobby meetings. You had to sort out and master multiple asks which is new for us, and uh, but not completely new. And you had to craft the right use of our new policy agenda for your particular members of congress so we asked a lot of you and i'm told it wasn't always comfortable so i want to give a particular shout out to every single team leader the lobby team leaders you know since some of you had more than one team to organize you and your teams you made this happen and everything i hear about the lobby meetings validates that our policy agenda Enabled fresh new conversations to happen and that special things can happen when we're able to be in the room together, I hope you're enjoying the pictures. We did make extra time uh, and it's never enough I know for planning meetings and for socializing this year and it was really cool to see folks connecting in their teams on the dance floor in the game room and all over the hotel. But then there was that music video produced live at the conference, which I think captures the energy of the event and the power of being together better than any numbers or words I could share. So I want to thank Dane Myers of CCL Miami, who spearheaded that, backed up by his region and a ton of other enthusiastic singers and musicians, and we're going to roll that.
2: Yeah, we're using our minds Even the robot protecting the climate Ice and pollution is the way that we align Market-based pollution, get caught in no time Cause waves, wildfires outside Our time is up, hurricanes, no change to I let the army, thousand people around me This is a peaceful army, kinda feels like a family Showing up for the climate, standing up for the earth Trying to preserve the future that everybody deserves Making our voices heard, we don't sit on the side in silence now Why does it seem like power's always trying to divide us, man? That's why I'm smiling when I reach across the island like Kindness to unite behind the science Cause heat waves, wildfires outside Our time is up, hurricanes, no change Today we won't hide from it Cause we're gonna... Come on. Yeah. Yeah. so right now my primary ask the carbon fee and dividend act which means we gradually price these on price externalities and make us a fair fight for renewable energy besides that my second ask is to help us with permitting reform Cause if we can act fast and rise to the task Then that's how we change the world Come on, because Heat waves, wildfires outside Our time is up mm-hmm. Hurricanes, no change today We won't hide from it Cause we're gonna mm-hmm. Live, laugh, lobby change, gonna change the world Live, laugh, lobby Live, laugh, lobby Let me get the claps in there, Seth Live, laugh, lobby. One more time, one more time. Live, laugh,
0: lobby. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have that ringing in my ears, live, laugh, lobby. And by the way, you know, it wasn't. it's quite a feat to get hundreds of people standing on the Capitol steps to sing somewhat in tune and on beat. I think we're awesome. So I do also wanna take a minute to appreciate our many volunteers who didn't come to the conference and who took action from home. We set a goal of 5,000 member messages to Congress in the month surrounding our lobby day. And uh, we did that in order to put extra attention on the importance of Congress continuing to move further ahead on clean energy permitting reform. And you did that times three. You achieved 15,536 messages by the time we stopped counting on July 5th. So thank you for that. And thank you for helping to get your teammates to DC and for all the planning and support that you provided at home. It all makes a difference. Before I go over the suggested actions for the month, I want to give you a mid-year report on just how much you've been doing. As you know, we're committed to being in action persistently, just like Saria said, in order to reach our goals. And we're also committed to using your time well by only asking you to take actions that we're convinced are effective ways to build political will and to grow our numbers. We totally respect that you have varying amounts of time to give and appreciate uh, everything, just everything that you do, whether you've got five minutes or five hours or 50 hours, whatever you've got, we appreciate it. Here's how your actions added up in the first six months of the year. 716 uh, lobby meetings with Congress, including 75 town halls, 59,248 messages to Congress by email, phone, and social media, 1,339 grassroots outreach events, such as tabling and presentations, 242 meetings with community leaders, which we also call grass tops outreach, and 1,088 media hits which included print, radio, and TV. So that's fantastic work. And we all know that, in fact, the true numbers are actually somewhat higher because we only can count what's been reported through the action tracker. As an early group leader, I remember every month being asked to put down in a spreadsheet or in a document what our chapter did, the actions our chapter took each month, so that then staff could add that up for all the chapters by hand in order to get those kinds of numbers. Um, There weren't as many chapters in our early years, but wow, what a task. So I am so grateful for the automation of our action tracker and for the time that you spend entering activity into it. So thank you to everybody who does that. It lifts us all up to see those numbers and, of course, it helps with donors uh, when they can see the impact that you're having too and what you do. So thank you. Okay, on to the recommended actions this month. They focus on building our strength as an organization through outreach and through fundraising. And I totally love the idea of building off the energy of the National Conference to reach out for donations. And I super, super love the idea of having a CCL Summer of Fun fundraiser. I just scrolled through this morning, through the webinar that Ellie Sparks created to walk you through your options for those a Summer of Fun fundraising ideas and the resources that have been made for it. It's set up so that you can do something quick and easy as an individual or with a partner or as a chapter. You've got options. And maybe like me, you've had friends and family say to you how much they admire you for working on climate change. or some for a fun fundraiser can help those folks feel even better about the future by donating whatever they can at whatever level works for them. Ellie's presentation took all the fear and stress out of it for me. So if you're even like halfway thinking, oh, maybe you might do it, take a look at that and then decide. The second action encourages you to take advantage of the many opportunities that are offered in the summer months to connect with people in your community through tabling. And it highlights our new clean energy permitting reform flyers. So I recommend taking a a good look at the flyers and then learning to use the language on them when you talk to people. Those flyers are kind of like having what we call laser talks with a good graphic and a QR code. And then the communication skills exercise this month also gives you more help in talking about clean energy permitting reform. Because as uh, Saria said, it's it's, um, really about having a clean, simple message to start with. Uh, And do you notice that I have been saying clean energy permitting reform rather than just permitting reform? I've learned that from these flyers and that communicates more clearly what we want to people who have no idea what we mean when we just say permitting reform. So one of the things I've been thinking about lately is about getting out and tabling with my chapter. And that's because I wanna get some practice myself at talking about our new agenda with the public. And before a table, I'm gonna take this flyer that we've made and that's in the action sheet, and I'm gonna practice saying what's in it out loud in front of my bathroom mirror. If you've never tried doing mirror talk, Give it a try a few times before you go tabling. You can use our flyers or the communication skills exercises to practice in front of your mirror. And you know, just like five minutes a day before you brush your teeth. Um, And before you know it, you're gonna be a better communicator. So try it. Well, as you make your plans for your summer climate work, I'd like you to just pause a minute and think about what's most important to you. What do you want for the world and what do you want for humanity? How can you weave that into your life this summer in ways that are big or small? You know here in CCL we've taken a stand for humanity coming together to solve its biggest problems and for us that's climate change and each of us is always going to be a work in progress moving us towards a stable climate. Every one of us adds our weight and our intention to getting us to a better place and we don't have to be perfect in order to make a difference. So go do what you can, bring in who you can and be at peace with your progress. And I'll see you next month on this call. Thanks for being here or for watching the recording. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear?
1: Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.